Today on Movie Wireless, we talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Mothering Sunday and Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. It's time for Movie Wireless. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. Used you as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or on the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Greetings. We are back together. Hooray, hooray. We're back together. Yes, it's uh, time time for recording. We haven't done one for a while, and um, so I guess we're talking about couple of movies that we've seen that we are, it's kind of a catch-up episode really yeah. uh, a few few different things all at once so yes like the title indeed because we've been delinquent i think we owe our listeners a little bit of uh, netflix, netflix fix. Fix. yeah so Woo-hoo. time for one of that segment what, what do we usually call it i can't, can't find, find anything, anything to, to watch, watch on netflix, netflix. and i no, think we changed it we did joe was cha- like out of practice we What's called it i can't find anything to watch online no, we called it VOD. Yeah, can't, can't find, find anything, anything to watch, to watch on, on VOD. I think Netflix V-O-D. is the one I like I'm going to pick up. Netflix, yeah. Netflix, you know why Netflix? It's the one I can't give up. We dip in and out of every service apart from Netflix. Yes. I've never put Netflix on pause. Yes. And Joe yes, is the I've... keeper of all streaming services in our ho- household. Yes, I I too have never not had Netflix. Isn't that strange? No, it's nice. I like, I like it. it. I like it. it. Netflix comfort. is like a friend. Yeah, even when it fumbles, and it fumbled recently, I think. But you anyway. think? Well, their share yeah, prices are taking a beating. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't that because yeah. of uh, world events? I I think for a while there earlier this year, Netflix just got very loose with their purse strings, and they were just you know letting anybody do anything and then a lot of their stuff didn't do so well so i think they've decided necessarily to do some course correction which i think is a good idea yeah now what do you think sorry i was gonna say what do you think about the password sharing thing so that they have recognized that lots of people share passwords we would never do such a thing we in fact netflix we don't Netflix, we don't. Netflix is interesting because I've I've been somewhat, and we don't for any of the others. Wink, 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 wink. Well, no, but that's what I'm trying to say. Netflix, well, we, interesting. We, Hold we, on, we let share me them talk. With our movie wallers, Let me talk. <laughs> Netflix, we've been pretty territorial about that password. Yeah, and I don't know why. The others, I have always worried. I've always thought, well, we don't really watch like HBO Max. We watch it, but we watch a couple of shows and then we leave it for a bit yeah and so although actually of my recommendations mine are actually not on netflix this week all right okay go enough so uh, yesterday you were going to say something no i haven't shared my netflix password as well i i have shared things for other for other streaming services but not for netflix Right. Any, I don't think this is any anyone's. This, this is of interest to absolutely no one apart from us. No, but Let's we're just happy about, to be together again. I know it's true. It's true. It's it's. We love this bantering. <laughs> it's the only time Joe and I ever talk. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> All right, Yazdi, pray tell what 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 are your streaming picks for this episode? What's in your queue? 
So my streaming recommendation for this episode, like you, Rashmi, is not a Netflix <gasps> pick. It's a Hulu pick. Um, and it's a movie called Fire Island. Oh, I wanted to see that. And you should rush out and see that. It is just what the current times call for. It is sweet. It is very smart. It's kind of a modern day retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Only it's set within a group of uh, almost all gay men who go to Fire Island for kind of a summer ritual. They, they meet, every, you know, every year there. And it's um, the reason why I watched it is because it's directed by Andrew Ahn, who actually was at the San Diego Asian Film Festival right. not too long back. And uh, he had made a movie called Spa Night, I believe, and which is a great film. So I was really looking forward to watch it. And then it's written by Joel Kim Booster, who I hear all the time on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So I had a lot of interest in seeing what these individuals would come up with. And it's hilarious. It's witty. It kind of plays with the rom- rom-com genre, but is always two steps ahead of it. Uh, it's a very quick 90-minute movie, and I cannot recommend it enough. It's just good fun. Very, very smart. And not to be confused with The Fire Festival, which is also a documentary, I believe, on one of those streaming services. So this one's called Fire Island. It's called Fire Island. Yes. And it's got Bowen Yang from SNL, if you know him. It's got Joel Kim Booster. It's got Margaret Cho. Uh, and many others. And it's just, it looks like a million bucks. It's very beautifully lit. You know, it looks like the kind of movie that would not show up to streaming. It looks like it was made for the big screen. But I just love the script of it. Um, It's uh, so smart, so wise, and so knowing. So I would definitely recommend Fire Island. On on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Yes. And mine is also a Hulu pick, and it is the documentary We Work or the Making Making and Breaking Mm -hmm. of a $47 billion unicorn. Um, This is not to be confused with the docu-series, I guess, the the Jared Lato, uh, Anne Hathaway season that's come on Apple TV. So there's two. Yeah, I thought that's the one you were recommending. No, no, no. This is the documentary. So... Um, I am dying to see that series. I've heard great things. Um, And I think certainly Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto have done a good job of replicating um, the the, um, creators of WeWork. Really good documentary. Again, Yazdi, like you said, definitely one for our time. And, you know, the the business of business. And, you know, um, hype and, um, you know, 47, like kind of like um, the Theranos story, right? Yeah, I'm going to second that recommendation, um, mainly because I don't have one of my own. But that is, it was a fascinating look into the the kind of the confidence game. And this guy was not necessarily a con man per se, but I think he represents everything that can be exploited in the world of finance with the right set of personality uh, traits. You know, I think I've always said this, you know, we, we've, we're not native born Americans, but we, we've come here and... Um, We've seen how America is very attracted to these larger-than-life personalities, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes from greed. You know, this guy has a personality, a vision, something that is um, compelling, and clearly, from the financier's perspective, is something that can can build something, build a business. Um, ironically, a lot of his funding came from outside the U.S., but nonetheless, this this notion that somebody with a big, bold 
brash, um, idealistic Idea. um, personality can 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 come in and and pull off something on on a scale that's just mind-boggling. When you when you look at the the not not just the millions, but the tens of millions or the hundreds of millions, and into the billions of dollars that get put behind what is ostensibly um, a, a, a reasonable idea, but not not nothing of the scale of which it got got hyped to. Fascinating, really, really good, really good pick, Rashmi. And yours? Well, I don't have one, so I'm going to borrow one of yours. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> Um, and I'll start with <laughs> it's the truth um, I wish I could read that second one but I'll start with um, Our Father on Netflix because um, that was a movie that I did I know Rashmi's like this, I'm, she's trying to be professional here and I'm, <laughs> I'm just failing today so um, Our Father on Netflix um, this is a documentary gosh it, it's again it's very of our time right so a few yes, years have ago have you seen it? No. no. Oh. A, f- a few years ago, um, this this idea that you could get your DNA tested using a hundred dollar kit, twenty three and Me, and Ancestry dot com, and you know there may be other services out there now. But this this idea that you could test your DNA and then start looking linking it to bona fide genetic relatives, um, you know, this wouldn't have happened like even you know twenty years ago. This was not possible for. The average person uh, to um, to to access, but now that it has, an interesting phenomenon has come up where lots and lots of cases of genetic relatives are, are popping up, and it's leading to some difficult conversations. In this particular hmm. instance, uh, a number of people found that they shared the same father, um, and the number was was surprisingly large and kept increasing. And it turns out that all of these people were conceived through IVF fertilization um, at a particular fertility clinic and it as the story kind of unravels you find that there was a doctor um, who was and this isn't a spoiler I mean this is what the, the, the whole thing kind of starts with this doctor was essentially replacing donor sperm with his own for Ew. for many Many, 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 Hundreds. and well, yeah. I, I mean, it, the the number starts to boggle the mind after a while as as to how as to the absolute scale of this. So, it's a documentary. It's an investigation. They, um, you know, the the as the story unravels and more siblings, more half siblings are found, and um, yeah, it, it it's just it's just very interesting because people can have this access to this information and start learning this type of thing and this may have never been uncovered and it's frightening the scale i mean i know that there are laws around um well actually the law isn't equipped to deal with this so anyway great pick rashmi our father it's horrifying and what i really thought was was um an interesting directorial choice with this documentary is it, it it's a, it's a horrific story but it's it plays out like a horror story. The directors use music and mood lighting, and and um, you know there's a genuine sense of of dread that builds over the course of this documentary because it, it is actually put together by directors who who have a background in horror. So you know that that sounds uh, a little overly dramatic for a documentary, but I think 
without it, this could have played out like a 60-minute segment, whereas the, the, the narration and the, and the... It's just a very powerful piece of, 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 of filmmaking. So Yeah, it will leave your jaw on the floor. It's one of those documentaries. Yeah. Okay. I'm scared. You should be. So, just to recap, your movie pick was what, Yazdi? Fire Island. Rashi, <clears throat> you had? We work the $47 billion unicorn. And I had Our Father on Netflix. All right. Let's do what we came here to do, which is talk about these three movies. So, we have Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Mothering Sunday. Should we go in that order? Absolutely. Take it away. Okay, so I'm going to be doing the intro for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, So this is um, about an aging Chinese immigrant who is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with lives that she could have had. So this is directed by Dan Kwan, and you may recognize that name. He did the movie um, Swiss Army Man a few years ago, which I know none of us loved, but it was interesting nonetheless so it's same same director and written by um him as well and it stars um michelle um you michelle yo and a whole bunch of others which i will tell you about um and, and while you do that rashmi uh, it's actually directed by two different dans there's yes. a dan kwan and a dan shinert and they're known uh, as daniels Without the Daniels, an right? The Daniels, the Daniels yeah. yes. Thank you. Yes. So Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Shu, um, uh, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis in this is is in this, and a whole host of uh, K. Hugh Huan, um, James Hong, whole bunch of others as well. So um, we all saw this one. Um, Yazdi, why don't you kick us off? So <clears throat> within film review cir- circuit. Uh, or circles, um, there is a belief that the better films are the ones which are more subtle and more quiet and more understated. Um, And, you know, the lighter the touch, the better the film. And I think to some extent there is some truth to that, but I think um, you often do a giant disservice when you follow that track. And a great example of that is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is a maximalist film, if I've ever seen one. There is nothing light to the touch to this. There is nothing subtle about this. There is nothing quiet about this. But it has so much well-engineered chaos within it that for all its faults, and it has many faults, I just ultimately submitted to it with glee and I just let the movie wash over me. I love this film. Joe. Oh boy, where do I start with this one? Well, first of all, I'll say Swiss Army Man. I don't think I even watched, I could get through the trailer for that. Did we try and watch it, Rashmi? I watched the whole thing. I think I, 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 think I sat down <laughs> for a minute and saw Daniel Radcliffe um, moving a corpse around for a, a few minutes. That's right. And then was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, I, I don't give certain movies much of a chance. This one, I was just like, yeah, no, um, no, <laughs> I'm not. I may be missing something, but as a, as I wasn't reviewing it formally, so I'm not. I, I thought not for me. Um, so, yes, 
uh, when we sat down to watch this and somebody said, oh, this is from the directors of Swiss Army Man, I thought, oh boy. Um, how wrong could I have been? Yeah, this movie is bananas, but it's bananas in the best possible way. And I thought for a time before I settled into what I thought it was going to be, I, I, I was thinking it could be annoying, like something to, you know, sorry to bother you, which I disliked, which I know the two of you very much liked. Yes. Um, but for me, that movie was just, just very frustrating. But no, this movie is, um, it, it's just, it's really clever. It's got everything in there. And like you said, yes, it, it throws everything in, in, into a mix it, it's so incredibly difficult to describe because it doesn't it, it doesn't fit into anything but it has martial arts it has sci-fi it has philosophy it has uh family dynamics it has something to say about so many things it has something to say about everything everywhere all at once like the title um fantastic I can't wait to watch this again. It, it's just, it's a little too clever for itself at times, but just, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, what's interesting for me is when I walked out of the movie, I wrote cute, not amazing, but an interesting idea. But subsequently, as I've had time for it to marinate in my brain, I like it more and more. Um, it's a really interesting film that we haven't seen before. And I was a little bit worried that it was turning into kind of Spider-Verse, um, which we all loved, you know, the animated Spider-Man movie that came out, I think, two years ago. Um, and I was worried it was kind of trying to emulate that. And and once you kind of relax, um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And it's very philosophical. And it's right up my alley when I think about um, reincarnation and multiple lives and um, coming together with the the same people again and again. Um, it, it's a really wonderful piece of filmmaking and it's batshit crazy. It's balls to the wall crazy at times, but it works. And it works because it has a really big gooey heart at the, at the center of it. And it's very endearing. Very, very good. Yeah, I can talk about this for hours, but... Um Specifically about the multiverse thing, I think, uh, you know, Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse kind of brought such a smart version of that to us. And I think, frankly, ever since then, um, the whole multiverse concept has been used lazily uh, in other movies to kind of allow all kinds of goofy stuff to go on, to allow you know, different characters from different universes to get together. So it seems to have opened the door to let people do pretty much whatever they want. But I think the good thing about everything everywhere all at once is you watch any two minutes of the movie and it just feels like somebody doesn't have a clue what they're doing and they're just literally throwing anything which came to their head to the screen. But exactly like you said, Rashmi, when you sit back and you think about it, there is a lot of order to this chaos. And exactly like you said, at its heart, it's a very sweet story about families and what's important and how, you know, you may be distracted by the things and you forget that the big things are actually the small things at home. So I, I like that, but um, there's, you know, there's so much to be spoken about here. This movie was originally written for Jackie Chan in the main role and Jackie ah. Chan famously refused 
or, or rejected it. And so they went to Michelle Yeoh next and they kind of gender switched the role. And I think the movie is better for it. I think if Jackie Chan was in this movie, just by virtue of him being there, it would be a very different kind of movie. And I think Michelle Yeoh, as remarkable and wonderful as she is, is not as well known as uh, Jackie Chan is. And, you know, we know her from Hit, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and, you know, the... Uh, Crazy Rejections. Crazy Rejections movie. But, you know, she's a very well-regarded Hong Kong martial arts artist. And, you know, this is A24's biggest hit to date. And, you know, it's doing remarkably well at the box office. And I'm glad that if this is what makes her, at least in the US, the, the mega star that she needs to be, then I'm all for it. And by the way, I'm all for having her be nominated for Best Actress uh, come end of the year. She is an absolute marvel. Yeah, and I think it plays um, to her strength in, yes. you know, it, she can play so many different genres really well. And this movie really exploits that. Well, it, I'm so glad Jackie Chan turned it down because Me too. I am the biggest fan of Jackie Chan. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll say that to anybody. I, I've been a fan of his 1980s Chinese uh, Hong, language movies, Chinese yeah. opera, you know, um, martial arts movies, all the things that are kind of, you know, frowned upon. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of those. They were, they were very influential on me growing up. Um, but Michelle Yeoh is an entirely more sophisticated actor. And I think that was needed for this role because it calls upon a lot of different dimensions of what, what she brings. Um, you know, there's an emotionality to the part. There is um, a very physical uh, part there was so th I, I think it, it would have been a very different movie with Jackie Chan and I think it would have gone this movie is very funny by the way I mean I don't know that any of us have said that but um, it's possibly one of the funniest movies of the year so far for me um, and it's funny in an absurd or in an absurd way at times again you know I'm a big fan of Darren, Aronof Darren Aronofsky's mother um, and it has that bizarre kind yeah. of you know what what on earth is going on here you know running through it for for much of its running time um and you know you kind of scratch your head but then you settle into you know this is what it's doing to me okay but yeah no i'm really glad that she she didn't make it and just to react to the multiverse comment yesterday yeah it's it's interesting how comfortable we are we all are now with that um as a concept because i think you know i'll i'll have to say I don't know that I would have understood it as well had it not been for Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. But now that we kind of get what it is, yeah, it, it's interesting how often it's being used because mainstream audiences now kind of get it. Someone's done the hard work of explaining to us what this, what this is. And um, I think this movie does lean on that somewhat. I think if I hadn't grasped that before, I think I would have really struggled with what this was trying to say philosophically, but um, no, just, just just super fun. And Jamie Lee Curtis, none of us have mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis. She's excellent in this movie. I love her as an actress. I wish I, I wish she would be in more movies. Yeah, and she's uh, she's having the time of her life. In yeah, this movie. you just know it. She's having the best time, and yeah, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is very underrated, and I hope that more filmmakers use her. <clears throat> like this movie did as such a wonderful comic foil but when it when it comes time to do some action and do all kinds of stuff she's up for it um i also like that this movie is so steeped in the love of cinema there is a lot of um you know there's lots and lots of homages to other movies 
and and like you said, Rashmi, the movie uh, makes such good use of Michelle Yeoh's uh, persona. I mean, there there are scenes from her appearances at film festivals which are folded into the movie. There is a whole section, you know, amongst amongst the many multiverses. There is one section which is set in Hong Kong, uh, and that's a direct homage to In the Mood for Love. Yes. The way it's shot and everything. So there is so much cleverness. Uh, that once you peel away all the craziness, there's a lot here to kind of uh, hang on to and study and inspect. The only other thing I wanted to say, well, there's many things I want to say, but the one thing I want to say is it's rare for a movie to swing for the fences to extent and really go there. I mean, there is giant floating doors and there is rocks which are talking to each other. And I think almost any other movie with so obtuse would never have commercial legs to kind of get to the theaters and the very fact that you know there's there's a fair bit of dialogue in this movie where two rocks are talking with each other speaks to how ingenious and clever the whole so i sounds like I a summing up yasdi why don't you give it a score yeah so i you know we saw this a good i want to say two and a half months ago uh uh, or maybe maybe even less. I don't know, but I, this movie has stuck with me. It's going to stick with me to the rest of the year. It's the rare nine out of ten for me. Wow. I love this movie so much. I, I can like you, Joe. I cannot wait to see it again. And I think um, while we are at it, we should just go ahead and hand out the Oscar for best editing to whoever edited this yes. movie because there are so many cuts in this movie. Like within a second. There's often 20 or 30 cuts. It must have been an absolute pain in the behind to piece this whole movie together. So kudos to them and a kudos to the Daniels, kudos to Jamie Lee Curtis, and especially kudos to uh, Michelle Yeoh. And we haven't even spoken about uh, uh, Kei Hui Kwan, who plays her husband, who is so good. He was a child actor in Hollywood. He was in, I believe he was in the original uh, uh was he in the Goonies? He was in the original Goonies. Yeah, exactly. I thought I recognized him. So, uh, for all those who think there's nothing good in the cinemas, off late, I just tell them, go see everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, great point. Nine out of ten. Great point yes. about the editing. Joe? Yeah, um, just a really good time at the movies, this one. I had so much fun with just how funny it was, how clever it was, how... I mean, even the even the martial arts in here, like a bona fide, like mm-hmm. it's not like some Hollywood watered down version of a martial arts movie. There are martial arts sequences in here that are legit. Like they are so much fun. They're excellent, expertly choreographed. Everything is, everything's just well, just just everything's just well executed, and you can see that the concept came to life on screen because in. In so many, in in any in, in any less accomplished hands, I think this movie would have could have easily fallen flat on its face, and it, it and it and the fact that it doesn't, and that it's so bonkers, and that it's so crazy, and that it's so brave and bold, uh, I applaud it. So, yeah, I gosh, I'm 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 gushing here, but it, I'm going to give it a nine as well. I read, I thought it was wow. spectacular. Solid eight from me. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, let's move on to something quite different. 
um, Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. So, uh, Yazdi, I think you'll uh, give us a little background to that. I shall. So, this is the latest in the ever-expanding universe created by J.K. Rowling. And um, David Yates, who directed, I think, four of the Harry Potter movies, is back in Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I believe this is the sequel to the earlier Fantastic Beasts movie, which came out a couple of years ago. And <clears throat> the one-line summary of it is that Albus Dumbledore, yes, that Dumbledore, assigns Newt and his allies with a mission related to the rising power of Grindelwald. Uh, this movie has uh, quite a quite a hefty uh, cast here. It's got Jude Law playing a young Dumbledore. Uh, as well as Mads Mikkelsen, Eddie Redmayne returns as Newt Scamander, Catherine Watterson returns as Tina Goldstein, Ezra Miller is here, um, as are many others. So I unfortunately did not watch this movie. Uh, you guys did. Um, what did you guys think of Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore? So, I mean, I, I guess I'll start. I'm not... Um I'm not drawn to the Potter universe in the way that many folks are. So I, I'll say I enjoyed all of the Harry Potter movies. Um, the first Fantastic Beasts movie was a real snoozer for me because it's a, it's a universe expansion. And I think you, when you have that, um, it's kind of like going to watch the, the first, the second series of Star Wars movies without having seen the first. I mean, yes, there's a story there, but a lot of it is, uh, references that the real fans will get, and I'm I'm just not into the Potter universe as much as um, as much as others might be. So, uh, and Rashmi's one of them. So, um, this I I'll say what I say about just about every Harry Potter, Harry Potter film. It's very handsomely made. It's made with love and attention and a production design and a level of detail. And the world is finely crafted. The performances are always top-notch you know they bring in high caliber actors and um you know set designers and costume artists the artistry here on show is just it's wonderful and it's full of little easter eggs for for folks who really understand this material um it, it, it's not something i expected to enjoy at all but actually as a standalone story which is what it was for me i can't relate to any of the other references um it actually worked i mean you know it was it was it was fine, right? There was a there was a a, a story here and, and someone to root for and a lot to care about with the characters. Um, so, of of all the the kind of Potter movies, um, this was this was fine. Um, did I love it? No. Can I remember anything about it? No. Can I ever remember about any anything about Harry Potter movies? No. I mean, I can't tell you the plot of any single one, even ones that I've liked. I mean, they're just gobbledygook, but it was fun. It was, it was enjoyable, entertaining, um, fan service. I completely disagree with everything Joe said. Um, so I am a Harry Potter fan to the extent where I will rewatch every time a Harry Potter movie is on, which is often on the TV and I'll just have it on and have it running and get sucked in. Um, in fact, the Sorcerer's Stone was actually on this morning and I, and I had it on. Um, I love the Harry Potter universe. So I agree with what Joe said in terms of the handsomeness, production design, costume, music, um, actors, you know, what kind of heft of actor, but this was terrible. This was a terrible story. 
this was a terrible movie. It's really, really dark. If this is for children, it's really misjudged. It's supremely dark right from the outset. And the story itself is pretty dark. Um, mm. It feels more like a um, a kind of Star Wars-esque epic battle of good and evil. Um, and then there's this kind of you know, love affair that we, that gets revealed that I'm not, not spoiling anything. There's a lot's been made of it in the press. Um, that didn't seem to make sense. So none of the story hangs together for me. Um, and so I think that's why you like it, Joe, because there's no story and it's just on its own. It doesn't connect to anything in the world to me. Au contraire. I mean, I think it's a standalone story. I don't know how it relates to any of the other movies because I think there's, I like the political themes that were running through it, and they weren't yeah. they, they weren't necessary okay, that. they weren't necessary allegories for the current political world. Nothing to do with that, but there's definitely its its own world with its own rules and its yeah. own political climate, and there's definitely a power struggle. It, it reminded me in some ways, you know, if we use Star Wars analogies of of the Republic and, yeah. and the Empire and and all of the all of the politics within the Republic. Yes, you know, the agree. Politicians and the scheming and. So I, the alliances, etc. Yeah. yeah so, so I quite like that. I just I don't want to see any more of these. I actually liked <clears> the first <throat> Fantastic Beasts when it came out, and the second one I thought was awful, and this one I think is terrible. I just don't want any more secrets. I'm done. <laughs> um, is it worthy of commenting at all that uh, Johnny Depp got replaced by Mads Mikkelsen to play Grindelwald? Or should we just, it's not even worthy of I mention. mean, look, it, it doesn't, you know, I don't think they make sense from one to the other. These these um, Fantastic mm. Beasts movies don't seem to have, because, you know, the Colin Farrell was in the first one and then he changed into something else. And so I think it's okay that Mads Michelson was replaced, uh, replaced Johnny Depp mm -hmm. because, you know, he was Colin Farrell before. So... Uh, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was going to say, I don't think I even noticed. Yeah, it I just, just doesn't matter. It's Okay. I just thought this was an awful movie. I mean, I can sum this one up. Don't waste your time on this one. I mean, literally, I want to give it like three out of ten. Terrible. <laughs> I don't want to know any more secrets. To which I say it's perfectly fine. I mean, it, it's... I, I think it's interesting that you're a fan, but you're not an obsessive. So I think a lot of the lore, L-O-R-E, lore... Um, in the, the Potter world. Um, you know, I don't know that you know all of those little details in a way that someone who's read all the books and studied them might. And I think there was lots of those little things in here. I felt there were little, lots of little nudges and winks and things. But um, yeah, I mean, gosh, seven. Um, it's adequate entertainment. That's a very generous seven, but maybe I, I went in with low expectations. And, and interestingly, another, you know, I always point this out when I see it, but when you look at Rotten Tomatoes and you have uh, an audience score and a, a critic score, critics don't like this movie. It's running at 46%, but the audience rates it at 83%. You could argue that maybe some of that's fans, but I think there's also folks like me here who, you know, it's a standalone movie. It's okay. Yes, you may have to watch this one and arbitrate. It's not great. Yes, yes. But it's okay. If you like the universe. Do you like the universe? Uh, I love the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. Not so hot on the... Fantastic Beasts. On the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, so. yeah and I guess it this is pretty... Frankly, 
Yeah, Sorry, on. I was just going to say, I think this is pre-Ezra Cohen going mad. Right, right. Personally, I think J.K. Rowling needs to stop with these. I mean, yeah, I do too. Why don't you, you know, Because it's a cash cow. It, it is, but doesn't she have enough? I mean, like, do, do, do a documentary, you know. Yeah. Go into sci-fi, you know, I mean, just leave this nonsense alone. I mean, she's been writing other stuff. I, I don't even know if it's J.K. Rowling's as much as Hollywood, just trying to yeah, you know, milk make this the most out of it. Eternal cow. Style. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, movie number three, then, is Mothering Sunday. So, Yasdi? Yes, I can introduce Mothering Sunday, and I am horrified that until we were doing this show, I didn't even know that this movie existed. I obviously have not seen it. And just on preparing to introduce this movie, it seems totally my kind of movie. So I'm bereft that <laughs> this one somehow passed me by. Now, mind you, I was out of the country for two months. So a lot of things passed me by. But having said that, Mothering Sunday is a film which is directed by Eva Hassan. And it's based on a Graham Swift novel, I didn't know that, uh, with a screenplay by Alice Birch. And uh, the one-liner for the movie is that a maid living in post-World War I England secretly plans to meet with the man she loves before he decides to marry another woman. This sounds like classic 1950s Hollywood melodrama or even 1970s Indian melodrama. So... Uh, it has a great cast. Josh O'Connor, who I think is one of the rising uh, British talents, uh, is plays the lead here. Uh, Odessa Young uh, is is the female lead for it. But more critically, Colin Firth and Olivia Colman, two very high marquee names, are here, um, as are others. So I missed out on this already is this streaming? I would love to kind of end this podcast and go watch it or maybe seek it out and watch it in the theater. But the both of you saw it, uh, or at least one of you saw it. <laughs> I know, Rashmi, you did. What do you think about Mothering Sunday? By the way, terrible name for a movie. But terrible name for the movie, and it doesn't reflect really what goes on in the movie. This, I have to say, this has left a huge impact on me. Um it's period, which I like. It's British, mm -hmm. which I love. Um, it's really well acted, which I adore. So it's a great story. It is Bollywood-esque in, in the type of story as you hit the nail on the head, even without seeing it. But it's not melodramatic. It's, it, it unfolds slowly. It plays with time. Um, and it really does a good job of talking about a number of issues like class, where you're born, expectations, um, and then superimpose that to the 1950s and the attitudes around all of those things that I just said. Um, it's a really, really incredible movie that will just, just shake you, I think. And Yazdi, this is a totally Yazdi movie, but it's also a Yazdi and Rashmi movie. Okay. Like it's not sickly sweet. Um, and it's not, um, it, it's not so mushy, but it will just rock you. There's something, oh, just, I, I don't want to say too much, um, cause it kind of twists and turns and I was shocked, uh, when the, when the twist comes, um, 
Really good. Really good movie. Unfortunately, it's not playing in the cinemas anymore and it's not on a streaming device in the US. It is on streaming devices around the world. Make of that what you will. And hopefully it will show up on streaming devices. I hope so. I, I hope it, so. It might just be in that uh, Yeah, I hope so. Period. I hope yeah. so. And and it's one of those movies where you just don't know what's happening. Like, it's it's very ethereal. And a lot of the movie, I'm going to say, this is very strange. Um, but a lot of the movie is is like a, a, a girl, a young girl, walking around a really majestic house naked. Oh. Yes, I thought that might interest you, Yazdi. No, um, but it's just odd, yeah. It's just odd, right? But but nothing feels contrived. And it didn't annoy me. You know how normally those type of movies, like if it had been Margot Robbie walking around, you know, a Hollywood apartment naked, it would annoy the crap out of me. But the fact that this is a young girl, it's kind of like a fish out of water, in mm. essence, and how that unravels. Um Really excellent movie. In fact, I, I can sum this one up quickly, given I'm the only one who saw this. Um, easily, easily, oh, easily an eight out of ten. If not a nine, I think. It's an eight okay. out of ten. Okay. I'll have to seek this out. Yeah, definitely. Yazdi, I think you will love this. Joe, I think you would like this too. And and if you're craving like you know I know the Downton Abbey movie is out but you know if you're wanting more of that it's it's very in that era. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay, thank you. That was it's yeah we'll we'll have to check that one out. All right, um, I think we should wrap up for today. We all have curfews, so um, thank you for listening. First of all, listeners, um, our podcasts are. A little sporadic continue to be this year, and I think that just reflects the business as a whole. I mean, we've we've had our challenges too, but uh, definitely it's a uh, yeah. Movies, movies are the theaters aren't quite back in in full gear yet. So, um, with that said, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to us, three idiots, talk this way about movies. So. Uh, until our next podcast it's too many movies too little time a goodbye from me and me and me as well <laughs> <laughs>